Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Wingert. That is Peter Moylan. That is Maddie Mass. Once again, none of us matter. Not a single one of us matter. Because we have Alec Manoa on the podcast today. Welcome. Welcome in. Love the clap for yourself. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you heard that. Let's see your prop. You have, it's a Slim Daddy Vladdy. It's a Vladdy bobblehead. And why wouldn't it be? We'll put yeah. 60 on there. He's going to hit 60 this year. Is he as cool? Is he as cool as he seems like he is? Yeah, he is. He's a great guy. Is he really? Yeah. Does he have good shoe game? Huh? Does he have good shoe game? He does. He does. You hesitated. I feel like, he, I feel like he, because, you know, he's got good style, but there's sometimes I'm like, what we got going on there today? <laughs> it's a culture thing. It's a culture like thing. Jordan Package just came in and he just was just throwing it all on together. And I was it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. There is some serious drip that comes out of Venezuela, Dominican. You should see these guys dressed. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, guys. Mucho flow. Oof. Oof. <laughs> okay. If, if the world has been living under a rock... Alec Manoa pitches for the Toronto Blue Jays, one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, and he had an incredible rookie season last year. We talked about you, Alec. We talked about you a lot last year on our podcast leading up to the Rookie of the Year race. We were yeah, all we major Alec Manoa fans. Um, man, did we love watching you last year. So you're in Miami right now. I, I, yeah. The only reason I know that is because I listened to another podcast you did. I'm not, like, stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm here home in Miami now. What's our view right now? Uh, the ocean. Oh! Yo, <laughs> so show. So <laughs> the, the ocean, little couple buildings. It's nice and peaceful right now. The, when the train comes by, we're going to regret it. Being mm. outside. You're in, you're in pretty good shape right now, huh? You, you're in you're in ridiculous shape right now. So I feel good. Yeah. I saw a couple of videos of you. So when you say tunneling, okay, I've picked up on a couple. I went and watched your highlights on YouTube. So I'm not, I've, I've watched every picture that you basically threw hmm. last year. So are you trying to tunnel all three pitches out of the one spot and basically have your slider do one thing, your change up do another thing, your two seam do this, and then your four seam just basically carry top of the zone? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the biggest thing is like a lot of guys, will ask me like, well, how come you sometimes throw a heater down the middle, it doesn't get hit or a slider that, that stays up or, I really think it's just making each pitch look like another pitch, you know? So if I can throw a two seam that's moving this way, but I set it up off a, you know, heater away that I have to keep you honest on. And then I throw in a slider, you know, maybe you're like, all right, here's the sinker again, you know, and then there's a four seam that stays straight. You know, so a lot of hitters lately, they've they've kind of just, well, you know, a lot of things fall off the zone. And it's like, well, that's where the forcing, you know, comes to play and keeps you honest. Um, and, and the change up too, you know. So I think everything, you know, I can, I can play it to the bottom of the zone and let everything fall off the zone and kind of try and mix it up. And, and, you know, some games when you're throwing, you know, 
they're not swinging at the bottom of the zone. You're like, all right, let's start stealing some strikes up here. You know, then everything else kind of opens up, you know. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing is trying to make everything look the same and then kind of fall off off of that one one tunnel, you know. Mm, speaking my language. Sorry, Kels, I jumped ahead. I just I got oh, so no. excited. I got so excited watching him his highlights today. I just had to get that question out of the way. Please go well, ahead. Well, the, the thing that was most fun to follow along with you this season was you pitched some major innings for the Blue Jays. And we not only were we rooting for you, we were rooting for the Blue Jays to make the playoffs because that I will see that lineup in October. I mean, mm-hmm. what an excite that, that that team has to be because Peter and I, Peter still works for the Braves, obviously played for the Braves. I used to be with the Braves. So we cover this young, exciting team and know how much fun it is when you have Acunas and Aussies and, and you guys are building such a similar team over in Toronto. I mean, what is that? You're young yourself. So what is the, is it just like a party every day over there? Y'all have so much fun. <laughs> Pretty sick. Uh, not going to lie. <laughs> it's just really exciting. You know, it's a group of guys that are super excited just to for the game of baseball and like to play with each other. You know, there's no real um you know everybody holds each other accountable everybody is you never have to question someone's integrity or whether they want to win you know and everybody's i mean one day you're going out there and vladdy's breaking you know some sort of record and um we have an arm on the on the mound robbie doing crazy things last year so uh springer coming in and hitting a home run first pitch to lead off the game um simeon breaking the second base home run record like just everything um, last year, it was just everybody's having a good time together. Everybody was having fun. Everybody was going out there and rooting for each other. And then, I mean, just to have that mentality and that attitude with a locker room of guys that are just completely nasty on the field is, is crazy to see. And it was just super fun to be a part of. Could you feel the intensity pick up towards the end of the year as you yeah. felt it getting closer? Like, I know it's tough to, to go 162 at, at full ball. But yeah. when you get towards the business end of the season, you can feel it, right? No, yeah, yeah, you can feel it. I mean, every time you take the mound, it's it's a, it's a basically we got to win, you know. And uh, you're a game out, two games out, whatever. You're chasing that wild card spot, and you know sometimes the other team plays before, and you're like, all right, well, I'm getting on the mound, and we can't be three games back. You know, we got to go get a win. Um, you know, and that's what makes it so fun. You know, is is also not only being able to be in that hunt and be like, wow, we got to win every game, but now sitting back and realizing, you know, if we don't lose that one game in July or, or August, you know what I'm saying? Like, are, are we really pushing for that one game, you know, and, and then you lose one to Minnesota and it's like, ah, like what if, what if we wouldn't have lost, you right. know? So now seeing that, it's like, you know, like you said, it's, 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 it's a long season. It's the longest season of, of seasons, you know, and, to be able to go through all that at a high intensity and ultra competitive. I mean, there's times during the year, you just don't feel good and things like that, but you know, just to be able to really keen in on that focus and, and look back and be like, well, you don't show up sloppy that day. And we would have stumbled that team that we should have beat the crap out of, you know, and maybe we would have won this game, whatever, like we'd, we'd be a hundred win team, you know, easily yeah. with, with yeah. the way the lineup that we have and, and, and the rotation and everything. And, once we put it all together, like if, if we would have been together a little bit earlier, um, I feel like we went a hundred games and, you know, losing one, losing two to Minnesota down the stretch wouldn't have been as big of a deal. 
you know. But don't don't forget about the lessons that you guys are going to learn from this year too. You guys are going to be nasty for years to come. So you know yeah. this this is just going to set you up perfectly for years to come too. Yeah, uh, it was it was a lot of fun and being able to play in those pressure you know situations where every time you're out there, you know it doesn't matter what team you're facing. You know they know what's at stake and your team knows what's at stake. So everybody's playing competitive baseball. You know you could be playing the Orioles you know, in September and, and, and for them, it's an exciting game. Cause they're like, Hey, you know what? We might be out of it, but these guys got a shot, you know, they're going to be giving it their all and then they're giving it their all, you know? So let's uh, break their hearts. It's a lot of competitive baseball there at the end. It's fun, man. Awesome. You pitched in so many big games down the stretch, like I did earlier. And I think that was like the biggest storyline around you was your ability in these major games and the biggest innings of the seasons to pitch the way that you did. I mean, I think back to the eight inning start you had versus the Ray. Then you think back to your freaking debut. I love your mom. I love her. Everyone loves your mom. Are you kidding me? Your mom is every mom ever in the history of the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Can we, like your shirt, His did y'all see his shirt? Yeah. It says, hi, mom. It's perfect. <laughs> I love so it. Perfect. It's one of my favorite shirts. So when you think back to last season, I mean, what's what starts stand out? I mean, I know the debut probably has to rain heavy, but what starts stand out the most to you? You had 20. Um, you know, the debut was was big. I think my start against the White Sox in Chicago was a pretty big deal for me um, as well. You know, that was my third start in the big leagues. First start you got, you blow the doors. Second start, we're in a minor league ballpark in Buffalo. I give up three dinky home runs, you know, to the Marlins to give up five runs. Didn't have my best start. There's a lot of things kind of going through my head, you know, like, am I, you know, was that first game a fluke or this or that, you know? And then you go into that third start against a really good, you know, lineup in Chicago. And I was able to grind out five innings. Mm. Uh, there was some traffic on the base pass, was able to get out of it in the fifth um, and just kept the game really close. I think it was either a one zero ball game or one, one, something like that. Um, kept the game really close and we ended up, you know, winning it late in the end. And that's when, you know, I came, when I came out of that game, Charlie kind of, he came up to me, shook my hand. He said, Hey, you're done. And he looked at me and he was like, Hey, your competitiveness belongs in the big leagues. And that's mm. when like, like in my, in my, my head, I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know what? Like that's the manager telling me, like, I know I didn't have my best stuff out there. And it's not like I stroke out, you know, 12 guys and ran through one of the best lineups in baseball. But it was just one of those games where I had to really grind, you know, guys yeah, on, you know, bat, you're battling, you know, Brayu coming up and just that lineup on the stretch. Um, and then for him to be able to tell me like, hey, that like what was important wasn't even whether I was able to have the stuff or this, or that. It was just the competitiveness and the will to fight through anything and get the job done and just keep the team right there. Um, and when he told me that, I was kind of just like, I was like, all right, like, you know, that's 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 the recipe from there on out. I'm going to just go out there and compete everything. And that's how I've been my whole life is, you know, like, like Peter was saying, it's, it's tough to do it, you know, full 162 and 30 plus starts. And you, you kind of want to treat every start like it's September, October baseball, playoff baseball. But for me, you know, not, not pitching in the big leagues, everything I had to do in college and everything, my mind's always been, this is the biggest start of my life, every start. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, it was kind of like, I just got to keep that mentality keep getting better, keep studying hitters, all that. And it's not necessarily the stuff. Sometimes you're not going to have the stuff. You just, you got to have that competitiveness and that attitude to be able to keep your team right there, you know? Hey, Pete. Oh, yo.
You ready to feel the excitement of the conference championships like never before? Look at this face. Are you excited? I'm because so excited. you can turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook. We done knew that already. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do win. It's that simple, just as simple as Peter's arm sweatbands right now, because if they win, you win. Illinois listeners, we have some real big news. We know there's a lot of you Illinois folks tuning in to Farm to Fame. Mm. Mobile registration is back. And right now you can sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook simply by downloading the app right to your phone. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join in on the action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free all March long for a shot at over 250 thousand dollars in prizes so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code John Boy and bet just five dollars on any college hoops team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do if they win you win if Pete wins you win only if you use the promo code John Boy this week at DraftKings Sportsbook 21 and up restrictions apply see show notes for details DraftKings baby I want to grasp this fully. You only made nine minor league starts. Do you, do you attribute your composure and your ability to like pitch? I mean, did West Virginia prepare you that well, or, or how were you able to make such a quick transition. I mean, you finished last season with what, like a 320 ERA. I know it's somewhere in these notes, but like, how were you able to do that so quickly? Um, I don't know. I think just life has kind of prepared me for pretty tough situations. You know, growing up, it wasn't, everything wasn't cookie cut, you know, for me, I had to kind of grind for everything. Um, you know, I've seen my mom do a lot of, you know, a lot of hard work each and every day for me and my brother. So that I kind of put in a fire built inside. Um, and just, you know, I, I, I see the bigger picture a little bit. I, I tend to look at the bigger picture. I have a little bit of an old soul. So I look at the bigger picture. I'm like, you know, like there's a lot of bigger things in the world than, than baseball, you know, like, like it just reminds you like baseball is a game, you know, like life, like there's people out there, you know, trying to pay their rent, trying to pay their car, trying to mm-hmm. support, you know, three kids at home, like doing a lot of real life hard work. Um, you know, so for me, like being able to be in that position where the game's on the line and I'm competing and all that, like I, I've had to, I've had to compete, you know, my whole life. So it's like mm-hmm. now having to compete on the field, like, all right, this is, this is the easy part. Like, the, the hard stuff done behind the scenes, you know, all the hard work and all that. So like now this, this is just the, the go perform part, you know, and I think God has just been able to put me in really great positions um, to succeed. And, and he's allowed me to be in positions to fail and, and to learn from my failure, you know, where the failure hasn't taken me completely down. It's, it's allowed me to bounce back and learn from it and continue to get better from it. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing is at the end of the day, I was going through a big league season, still learning. Mm-hmm. a ton of things you know like wasn't completely polished when I got there and had to learn a ton of things and, uh adjust through a ton of things and I think that's kind of just how I've been my whole life just being put in a position and hey figure it out adjust if it doesn't work you know you got to find a way to make it work you know so um 
being able to pitch in those big games was was a lot of fun. You're for sure Peter's new favorite player. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's the same. Dude, I, I can't just to, I'm not going to tell stories about myself the whole time, but I'll just tell you one quick story. I was the same way. I signed at 27 out of World Baseball Classic. I had no, no business re-signing again. I signed as a 17-year-old, played three years of rookie ball and got released, came back eight and a half years later, got a second chance, uh, was playing in the WBC, signed to Atlanta, went to minor league spring training, went over, backed up a couple of times. Four days into the season, I get called up. I was in B-League baseball four months earlier, and I'm now in the big leagues pitching against Ryan Howard. So I know yeah. what adjusting and trying to force yourself into, like, it's either sink or swim, dude. You either do it or you don't. It's, just, it's like right. either right. we have a saying, either shit or get off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, and, and, and the way I think about it is, you know, you get, I got three AAA starts. <laughs> and, and then the next phone call was Yankee Stadium. Perfect. Yankee Stadium. So in my head, I'm like, you know what? There's no way I can lose today. There's, right. I, there's no way that my entire journey in life, everything that I've gone through to get to this point, now God has put me into Yankee Stadium to absolutely fail and end up back in AAA or whatever, like just trying to like figure I was. I was like, this is how smooth me to fail. Hey, three three AAA starts, you know. All right, he's not ready. You know, it's completely fine. Could have gone out there and just shot the bed. Um, <laughs> but in my head, I was like, you know what? This is house money. You know, if they're expecting me to fail, I'm going to go give it my all and let's see what the hell happens, you know. And then was just able to adjust and, and, and build from there. Man, I'm looking up your numbers. How do you hit 492 with five home runs? That's your junior year at West Virginia? No, uh, no, high school. school. How do you not get drafted? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like, that's my, okay, thank you. Because I well, thought I, 492 with five home runs and I'm a six, seven, you know, 260 pounds at the time, first baseman. You know, I was, in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty athletic. You know, I got good hands over here. You know, I'm hitting the ball. I'm a gap to gap power. I'm not just a swing or miss kind of guy. And I had no offers, no college offers, not even like Juco offers. And this is a time where I saw half my team like verbally commit since like freshman and sophomore year. And I'm just like, I'm like, man, like, am I supposed to play baseball? Like, I can't even get there. I'm just trying to get, you know, to college. Like I'm emailing right. like High Point University, like Central Michigan, like, like just small schools just trying to like, hey, can I go to a camp? Um, and then once I saw the camp prices, I was like, my mom can't afford that in a way, never did a camp. And then luckily I had a, a coach from Atlanta, uh, call me, um, from the Atlanta Blue Jays named Steve. And he's like, Hey man, uh, we have, you know, we know about your brother. Uh, we have a kid, Chris Beck that played with you, like growing up, went to elementary school with you, this and that. I've seen some video on you and I want you to play for our travel team this summer. I'm like, okay. I was like, money's kind of tough. Like, I can't really, you know, like afford to do all that. He's like, listen, we're going to help you out. Don't worry. You're going to come stay in my basement uh, the whole summer. Awesome. We're do drills, train, this and that. And like, this guy's a, he's a legend, man. Like, he brings guys in from all over the world. They stay in his basement. Like, it was pretty cool. I was staying in the basement with like seven other dudes, guys on air mattresses and ruins. Not, we had a guy that used to fall asleep the night before in his baseball uniform because he wanted to sleep. <laughs> in the morning 
So it was just like it was it was it was a cool little uh, get going on, and we just he 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 worked us the whole. And and I was never a pitcher, you know, I was a hitter. So that off, you know, that that summer or whatever, he was like, he was like, do you want to be a first rounder? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, one, we need to slim up. And then he was like, two, I need you to trust me. And I was like, well, what do you mean by trusting? He's like, well, we're gonna change everything you're doing. And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I've never, I've never really been a, a, a pitcher, you know, so I really don't know what I'm doing. I, I just grab the ball and I close a couple of games out in, in high school, like I was, I'm a hitter. And he's like, no, but I think we can make you a first round arm. You know, and if you go to college, I don't know if you'll be a hitter or, or an arm, but I really think you have an electric arm. I'm like, okay. So that that summer I came and I had and we were on like nine miles an hour, 90, 92 miles an hour, just slinging it, you know. First week we start doing these drills, like, you know, just balance drills and using my legs and all this stuff. First week I, I remember throwing like 96 miles an hour, like sitting 96 and like this one tournament, um, like a prospect select whatever tournament, prospect wire. And I like three pitches. I broke a kid's bat, uh, got the ground ball back at me. So then the guy from the tournament was like, hey, we want to see you throw some more pitches, like just maybe for like our prospect wire All-American games, this and that. I'm like, okay. So I go into the bullpen and I throw some more pitches for him. I'm like 94, 96 in a bullpen. And I've, I've never been a pitcher before or anything. Like, I'm like these new mechanics work, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy from the tournament ends up tweeting something out. Um, you know, Alec Manoa, MLB draft prospect, whatever, whatever, up to 95 miles an hour, 6'6", 260, whatever. <laughs> and the PG National, you know, the perfect game national or whatever, like they weren't giving me an invite. You know, I think I got an invite, but like the top 100 guys go for free. Everybody yeah. else, okay, that's what you guys don't know. So they were charging me like $1,000. And I'm like, I can't pay $1,000 to go to this thing. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm not going. So then I get a message right after that tweet, like literally an hour later, I get a message from the guy from Perfect Game, like, hey, we want you down next week at the PG National. We're going to pay for your flight, your hotel, and all this, boom, boom, boom. Like, now they're paying me to go. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, all right. So I talked to my coach. I'm like, hey, like, they want me to go to the PG National next week. He's like, man, those guys didn't want you a week ago. Now they want you? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I'm like, all right, listen, I understand what you're coming from competitive wise, but in my mind, I'm like, dude, I got no college scholarship offers. Like I need to yeah. go, I need to go get a, a scholarship, man. Mm. And he's like, you know what Delano the Shields did when he, when he went first overall or he went in the first round. I was like, what'd he do? He's like, he rode this bus with me all summer. <laughs> he listened to me. <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm going to do all of that right after I do this PG National. <laughs> I do all of that. So he was like, all right, whatever. So I left the team. I left Atlanta. I flew through to Fort Myers, through two innings, stroke out four. Was up to nine, like 93, 94. Had a good, you know, good curveball. Uh, and then just, you know, the coaches, college, college coaches just hit him. That was the first time West Virginia seen me. Mississippi State, Auburn, like all, all these schools were just all over me. Wow. Um, and then I just went on that summer and just continued to work with this guy and, and built my mechanics and built my, my velocity and my location and all that stuff and was able to pitch my way into the Under Armour All-American game. And then after that, that was basically like there was a ton of, you know, offers, but they were all like, hey, we need you to come for an unofficial visit. 
And I'm like, well, I, I, I can't do unofficial visits. Like that's a $500 flight hotel, all this, like back then it was unofficial. They couldn't pay for, for anything. You know, it had to be mm-hmm. official. So I did it the old school way. I'm like, Hey, look, I'm waiting till my senior year fall where I can take official visits and I'm going to take all the official visits. Um, you know, so I, I, I waited that fall and I took my visits. Um, and that's where I ended up, you know, being a mountaineer and, and, uh, and then that senior year, when I went back to high school, I kind of had a high school college, uh, a high school pitching coach who kind of tried to change everything I did that summer. Ooh. You know, so it was kind of like he was trying to get a piece of whatever. Yeah. I don't know if he was like, like, like in my mind, I was like, dude, like you didn't touch me for three years. I don't know why you didn't think of turning me into a pitcher, but now you're trying to change everything that got me scholarship offers yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, I don't know, like, so whatever, I'm working with him. And then my velocity is just not what it was before, mm. you know? And then I was not bought in and I'd keep banging heads with him. And then my brother was like, man, you need to be coachable. And I'm like, it's not that I'm not coachable. It's that something worked and something's not working now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I was kind of bouncing with those emotions and that stuff and bouncing my mechanics my whole senior year went undrafted and I honestly just think that was you know God just letting me know like hey trust the process you know trust the route you're gonna go to college you're gonna do it the right way you're gonna go work on your degree you're gonna go learn not only what kind of player you want to be but what kind of person you want to be in life and then you're gonna be able to skyrocket from there you know oh my gosh you are you are so awesome um so I'm I'm marrying into a WVU family um and holy smokes is that a fun passionate bunch i i have loved learning um the fandom over there but how did you end up from florida to to landing on going wvu yeah so so that fall when i was taking all those visits uh my first visit was to mississippi state uh, and i had a great time there one of my buddies eli marrero he was the catcher there at the time i went there on the visit hung out with him had a great time last day that i'm there uh coach sits me down and he's like hey look this is your offer what do you think and I'm like well you're my first visit I got two other visits I love the offer I think it's great uh but I'd like to see what else is out there and he's like well you know if I offer this to anybody else you know they'd they'd be saying yes in a heartbeat and I'm like well I understand but I have two other visits that I promised coaches I'm gonna make well, do you, do you see yourself in a bulldog uniform? I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, so he, can you can you be honest with me? Like, who are we, who are we fighting with here? And I'm like, look, it's honestly between you guys and Auburn. I think I want to play in the SEC. I think it's between you guys and Auburn. I was like, but you at least got to let me take the other visits. I already told the Mountaineers I'm going to take a visit there. He's like, all right, so two weeks you'll have an answer. Like, all right, two weeks. So I get out of that meeting I, and – I get back home and I had the, the West Virginia visit for two weeks and then the Auburn one after that. So I'm like, I'm like, that's three weeks. <laughs> and then I'm going to have need another week to make a decision, you know, yeah. so four weeks. So I'm literally, I remember calling the West Virginia coach and moving up their visit. Like, like, like it was nothing. Like, like, I don't even think I'm going to go here. I'm just doing it out of respect. Yeah. They've been great to me through the whole process, whatever. So I'm just going to go take the visit, you know, cause I said I would. And I remember moving their visit up. Coach is like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, nothing. And something came up. I can't go that day. Um, he's like, well, there's no football game or anything. I'm like, well, 
football games, you know, I'm, I'm going there to play baseball. It doesn't matter. He's like, all right, you know, whatever this, that. I get there uh, to Morgantown and I have a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the school's great. Coach, every other visit you go on, they take you to like a nice steakhouse. At, at Auburn, I met Charles Barkley, you know, uh, like pretty cool little things like that. And West Virginia was like, hey, we're having a barbecue at the coach's house, coaches, wives, kids, some of the teammates, just a real family atmosphere, you know. And I and I and I just loved it. Like I felt like a part of it, you know. I when when I saw their practice, I was like, these are the kind of practices, like the energy, the the excitement, like everybody's yelling and screaming, and having a good time. Like that's that's fun baseball, you know. Hmm. And I remember calling my mom that Sunday night, and I was like, I was like, mom, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I love it. West Virginia, Mississippi State was great, and I I thought I, I didn't even know West Virginia was gonna be in the picture, you know. That's when I, I left West Virginia, and then the next week I go to Auburn, and I have a great trip there. Um, I remember a lot of people telling me I forgot the, the coach, the head coach that was there at the time, but they were like, "Man, that guy's bad. Like, he hits kids and all this stuff." I'm like, "We'll be all right," you know. <laughs> yeah, I meet the guy. I'm like, I'm "Like, this guy's fine," you know. Tom Holiday was the pitching coach there, recruiting me there. Um, he's a legend as well. That's that was basically my thing. I didn't want to go into a you know a U.S. school that had been to the last state college world series like you know I'm just right. not number you know yeah. like I want to try and help bring a team you know to the top you know and I was like all right Auburn's the best of both worlds like I'm gonna be able to do that there I think this is the place for me and I really remember I was like I'm gonna shake the coach's hand and tell him you know I'm in I want to be a tiger and something told me not to do that <laughs> so luckily I didn't do that and I remember I had breakfast with the whole staff, everybody. I get on my flight. I land in Miami. And at the time, you know, I had like, you know, some advisors or whatever, you know, they're agents, but family advisors yeah. at the time when you're in high school. Um, they were texting me because they knew Auburn was one of my, my top three. And they're like, hey, man, like, have you heard the news about Auburn? Have you heard the news about Auburn? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I just left Auburn. <laughs> I just landed from, from Auburn. And, and they're like, well, the whole coaching staff just got fired. I'm like, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean the whole coaching staff just got fired? And, uh, and they're like, yeah, like holidays on administrative leave. Greg Norton, I think was the hitting coach at the time. Like he's on administrative leave. The head coach is bang. <laughs> and I'm just like, if this isn't a, isn't a sign from God that I, <laughs> I didn't shake that hand and say that, I was like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, all right, Auburn is definitely not the move, you know? <laughs> wow. Can't go to a school that has, no coaches that I was committing to. Yeah. Then you're in high school and you get stuck with a coach that you don't like, or he ends up pulling your scholarship. And now you have to go take low money in the draft because you don't have a school to go to. Right. I'm just thinking about leverage here. And I'm like, I got no leverage if I commit to Auburn. So I'm like, I can't do that. So now I got Mississippi state on the other side, blowing up my phone, just, and I'm like, shit, I don't have an answer. I, I, I So I'm literally not not answering the phone. My best friend now is Eli. He's calling me. I'm like, all right, I can't answer him. I know why he's calling me. They're calling my mom. You know, like, come on. I promise you, my my mom's calling me like, hey, what's going on? The Mississippi State coach just called me and he just wanted to make sure everything was okay. I was like, mom, I I don't have an answer. Like, I was going to go to Auburn. (laughs) And they all got fired. Like, now we're reevaluating. Like, I, I really don't know what to do. And. And I remember 
you know, we had one practice and one of my teammates, you know, like that we would talk a lot about God with and things like that. And he was like, hey, man, you know, there's only one answer. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, you just got to pray about it. And whatever you feel, you know. So I'm like, all right. You know, so I just, I prayed on it. The next day I woke up, I literally get called down from class into my head coach's office, Burnside. And he sits me down and he's like, hey, partner, what, what's going on? And he's like this old school, you know, mid seventies coach. It's real. I could tell just as soon as you started the accent, <laughs> you, I had a picture in my head. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Hey, partner, what, what's going on, partner?" I'm like, "What are you talking about, coach? I just got off the phone with Mississippi State. <laughs> they, called, they called you too." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, listen, I've been doing this a long time. Let me let me give you some advice here. These guys have been to the College World Series. These guys have done it. Listen, you're not going to break their heart if you tell them." that you're not going to their school. He's like, is it Mississippi State? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. I liked it better at West Virginia than I did Mississippi State. He's like, well, it sounds like you're not going to go there. Don't, don't keep them in the loop. Don't have them calling me. Call them. <laughs> break it off. That's it. it it's not going to break their heart. You're going to be all right. It's all right, partner. Yeah. I'm like, partner. humble me quick. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. They don't care. I'm, we're just mm. going to call them, and they're going to move on to the next guy, you know? So later that day, we have a scrimmage, and I get home, and I remember I'm sitting in the car, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to make this phone call. You know, I'm, I'm going to call coach. I'm going to let him know I'm not, I'm not going to Mississippi State. I'm in the car all dirty from the scrimmage, and I call him, and, man, was my head coach wrong. He was, <laughs> just thinking he was so wrong. <laughs> like, I called this coach, and it was literally like his dog died. <laughs> Like he, like he was getting broken up with, like, like you were breaking up with a girlfriend and she didn't want to break up. <laughs> and she was just like, and he just kept telling me like, well, I, I really thought you could see yourself in a bulldog uniform. And, you know, did we do anything wrong? And <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you. I was like, no, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, no, I just, you know, just something doesn't feel right about me going to Mississippi State. And I, the visit was great. You guys were great. You know, obviously it's a powerhouse school, like the tradition. I just like something just doesn't feel right. And there was just like, there was a silence on the phone. Like, like, man, you know, like, I just want you to know, we're going to be here for you. Like whatever you need, like you never know how these things go down the road, like whatever, whatever. Um, and I was like, no coach, like, I really appreciate that. Whatever. I hung up and I was like, man, did I make the right decision? I'm like, oh. that's a big time SEC, like, oh, pro yeah. like, that's a, you know, that's a big program, you know? Hmm. And I'm whatever, I, I, I go into the house and my mom's not home yet. Nobody's home and I'm just in my own thoughts. And this is the crazy part right here. So I get upstairs and, and, I, and I get into, to, me and my brother are sharing a bathroom at the time. My brother's down from pro ball. I think it was like his second off season. He's down from pro ball. He's staying in the house with us. We're sharing a bathroom. And I know my brother and my brother doesn't fold anything ever, you know? So he gets into the house and he just laundry on the floor in the bathroom, showers, whatever. And he'll probably stay there for a couple of days. So I, I get home and like, I'm taking my clothes off and I'm still in my thoughts. I'm like, man, that I, you know, I make the right decision, whatever, whatever. And I remember just my eyes glance like by the toilet like just real quick, like to, I was going to put something on the floor and my, my eyes glanced by the toy and I looked back. And when I look back, I'm like, what the hell? And there's a pair of shorts folded, like folded. My brother doesn't fold, but it was like, not only were they folded, but like there was a logo just creeping on the end, like that you could see. 
Like if it was a half centimeter more the other way, like I wouldn't have even seen it. But it was like showing. And I did a double look. And I, when I looked again, it's a West Virginia logo. And they're a pair of West Virginia shorts. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever spent any time in Miami or how long you did spend time in Miami when you were here. But there's not a whole ton of West Virginia fans. <laughs> and we were never West Virginia fans growing up. And I'm pretty sure if you asked everyone in my family where West Virginia is, they would say, oh, it's the West part of Virginia. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know West Virginia is a state. All right. <laughs> so now I'm looking at these shorts in the bathroom. I'm like, West Virginia shorts. After I just made that crazy decision. And after I've been praying about it now, spiritually, I'm like, this, this is a sign. Like, like where did, where did these shorts come from? You know, like there's, there's no way, like who even put these shorts here? So I remember I was just sitting there and I was like, like, I was like, well, the school that I didn't think it was going to be, this is for sure the school I need to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. Like it was the best time that I had there. I saw myself fitting into that program a lot more than any other school. It was like, I was fighting to go, somewhere else like I was going against Mm -hmm. it I just wasn't letting me fired everyone at Auburn coach told me to call Mississippi State and then the shorts are there so I'm like whoa so my I was like hold on we got to justify it my brother gets home from training and I'm like hey like those shorts in the bathroom how'd they get there and he's like what do you mean brother my shorts they're not your shorts like automatically arguing with me you know because he knew West Virginia was recruiting me so he was like those are mine they're not yours (laughs) I'm "I'm not trying to steal your clothes hold on and listen to the story. And when I told him, he was like, well, to be honest with you, I don't know why I folded them. I usually just throw them on on the floor. (laughs) He was like, but I just pulled them that day. So that was me. Like, just, I was thinking like God was just guiding like the little pieces around me to just put me to think this is the spot, you know? And, and it was what I wanted, you know, I get to build a program up and be a real key piece in doing that. And um, then, then, you know, you go, you go back and, and think that the pitching coach from Mississippi State three weeks later takes the head coaching job at Auburn. And wow. the that was recruiting me at Mississippi State is now the head coach at Kentucky. And the head coach that was at Mississippi State is the AD. So that whole coaching staff blew apart. Yeah. The Auburn coaching staff blew apart. The only one that stayed together and is still together is the one at West Virginia. And, and like, for me, that was just – those were all just key pieces that was like, that's where you need to go. You know, it was like the family tradition, you know, smaller school, get to build, you know, build a program, be passionate tradition. Um, and then that's the spot that God wants me to be. So that's the spot I'm going to be, you know, did and it work out? I don't know. I'm, I'm on farm to fame two years. Yeah. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think it worked out. <laughs> First of all, in three seasons at WVU, you had 34 starts pitched to a 281 ERA, 249 strikeouts to 88 walks. Secondly, intentional prayer will change your life. And that story is is such good, uh, tangible proof of that. And I've had that conversation with two people this week. Um, So I just like applaud you for using your platform to to talk about that. Um, but take us to draft day. Cause obviously you have an incredible run at WVU. What a story so far. Um, and then you're picked 11th overall 
by the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a picture right now of you on, on draft night and your face. I mean, it's the most just like genuine relief, just this smile of like true appreciation of hearing your name. Yeah. It's actually pretty crazy how God brings everything full circle, you know, because um, then you fast forward to that junior year, we host the regional, we get walked off on our own field. That's another crazy video. I don't know if you've guys have seen it, but we get walked off on a three, two grand slam. We're up seven and three, two, two outs grand slam. We lose like anything else could have happened except that. And that Mm -hmm. that's what happened, you know? So that was our last game. Um, And then the next day was, you know, draft night. And obviously we were hoping to still be playing in the regional, but so we had nothing planned. You know, my whole family was in town. They watched the regional and they wanted to be there for the draft. And uh, I remember Maisie came out to me and and he's like, hey, man, like, what are you doing for the draft? Like, I want to be there. Um, He's our head coach of West Virginia. And and I was I was like, man, I really don't have anything, you know, planned at all. Uh, I was hoping we'd be playing, you know. And um, he was like, well, uh, this whole thing started at at my house. Let's let's finish it at my house. You know, so I was like, I was like, heck, yeah, that's a great idea. Wow. Um, so literally the same barbecue style that we had on my, my visit oh, no. on my draft day, the whole team came over, girlfriends, why like coaches, wives, the kids, um, and everybody was just at coach's house. And, um, <laughs> we got to sit there and, and hear me go in the, in the first round. It was pretty crazy. That was awesome. Circled all, all the way back together. I'm going to cry. That's a great story. Not emotionally stable enough for that. Do you still talk to, (laughs) do you still talk to your head coach from WVU a lot? Oh yeah, of course. What about the coach with the Atlanta Blue Jays? I talk to him all the time. He's hilarious, man. He always like during starts, you know, after starts or whatever, like he'll text me little things like little inside jokes or whatever. And uh, we were talking the other day because I had just had my camp. Um, and I remember I was like advertising it on my Instagram and he had messaged me and he was like, oh, you're telling everybody, you know, to come learn from the best, but I'm not going to be at that camp. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you know what, you know, eventually we'll, we'll be able to get one, you know, into Georgia, um, uh, right, right around your house where, where the pitching mechanics began, you know, mm-hmm. tell us about that. Yeah. What is the, is the Alec Manoa, the Alec Manoa baseball camp? Yeah. And then Manoa Driven. Tell us about those two things off the field. So Manoa Driven is uh, something me and my brother, uh, when my my brother's been in the minor leagues for a little while and like in the off season, he'll, he'll train, you know, clients. And then me, I was like, I was like, dude, like I kind of need a, I need a place to train, you know, like why don't we just get together and let's bring together a gym. Um, And then basically just move my brother's, you know, some of my brother's clients into the gym. Um, and he was able to work out of, you know, his gym. And um, I was able to kind of bring in, you know, some athletes and guys that I wanted to train around and things like that. And from there on, we've just kind of been able to build, you know, all starting, you know, with the gym and hopefully we continue to grow it into, you know, little league teams and things like that and everything and just be able to grow that Manoa driven, you know, we kind of, when you think of Kobe and the mama mentality, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of want to, create something very similar, you know, the manure driven mentality uh, that keeps you going, um, you know, that you have to adjust through things and you have to continue to fight through anything 
Um, even if it's working out in 100 degrees in Miami in a warehouse with no AC uh, <laughs> or throwing bullpens during COVID on, on a wooden, you know, turf mound and a concrete floor that's not even even uh, and trying to throw strikes while the mound yeah. is moving. Um, you know, if you can figure it out, if you can figure it out there, you're going to be able to figure it out on a mound that's nice and comfortable with cleats on and a groundskeeper cutting the grass and all that stuff, you know. So <laughs> we, we get after it in there and then. You know, the one of the other things, you know, that I've really been wanting to do and, you know, and the agency was able to really help me put it together was the, you know, Alec Manoa baseball camp, you know, because mm. being able to inspire the next generation is one of our ultimate, you know, goals. And being able to use Manoa Driven to, to do that and, and be able to use our platform to do that, um, you know, because where I come from, there's there's not a whole ton of role models, you know. Um, you're watching, you know, guys on TV and things like that. You want to be like those guys, but in, in real life, you don't really think that that's possible, you mm -hmm. know? And, and sometimes, you know, you, you can navigate through a lot of negative situations and, and you can get caught in those negative situations and you can turn into a negative person and you can end up, you know, being a guy that's, you know, you know, going to jail or getting caught at school, skipping school, doing drugs, whatever, whatever. Or you can, you know, try and learn, you know, from your stakes and, 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 and grow and stay in the middle and, 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 and trust the process, you know? So mm. for me, being able to make it, make it through some of that and, and get to the big leagues, I want to, I want to try and be there. So these kids personally can see, Hey, you know what? It's not that far of a reach. Like this guy was walking the same halls that I was mm -hmm. walking. You know, this guy trained, this guy living in the same basement in Atlanta that I was living at with eight other guys, mm. you know, I, I can do it, you know? And when, when, when shit gets hard, I want them to remember like, Hey, you know what? It's supposed to be hard, you know, but, but I can do it. Like that's the dreams are right there. They're obtainable, you know? Mm. Um, so that was the biggest thing, you know, just being able to be around, you know, 40, 50 kids at the camp. Uh, they were all there, the energy, the love for baseball was there. And just to be able to spread that love for the game and, be able to use that to, to inspire them to just want to be great in life. Um, it, it was amazing. It was a really amazing day. How did you market it? Just like on social media? I think the first post I made on Instagram was like early January, like January 10th, oh, wow. something like that, January 15th. And we were able to get 50 kids, not even three weeks. Wow. You know, so That's amazing. That's awesome. Literally, literally amazing. And, and just to be able to have them all out there and excited. Um, that's the biggest thing, you know, because there will be no baseball in 20 years if the kids now don't love baseball yeah. you know? mm -hmm. and if they don't want to play baseball. And if they didn't dream the same way we dreamed, the same way you got three rookie ball seasons and cut and ended up, you know, playing in the WBC and then brought, brought you all the way back, like, you got to have a dream to keep you alive through all that stuff. You know, right. you got to have a different kind of you know, motivation and a driven mentality to – be able to grind through circumstances and not say, Hey, you know what? Shit's hard right now. I'm going to quit. You know, no, mm. it's like, I know that it's going to be worth it at the end, you know? So as long as they can all have, you know, dreams are free, man. <laughs> free. You can have as many of them as you want. All right, fine. I'll jump in. Manoa Moylan mentality. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm in. I love I'm it. In, dude. It, it flows right off. The tongue. <laughs> yeah, it does. Got wrap around t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> 20 games, you started 357 ERA, 128 strikeouts to 41 walks. You pitched 116 innings. 
Uh, you were in rookie of the year talks all the way to the end. Our talks um, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were, we were big team and Noah fans over here. Um, I mean, what, what are you most proud of from that season with all of those accolades I just listed? I mean, such an impressive rookie year. Like what, what were you most proud of? Um, how I finished, you know, I think for me, that was, that was the biggest thing. And I was able to learn a lot from myself by that finish, you know, going four and down the stretch in September, I think with a sub two, you know, ERA pitching in big games against big teams, mm, nothing better. And, and for me, that's, that's huge because you, you get to a territory, unmarked territory, what I, what, what I, what I call it. I got to a point where, you know, people say 116 innings, but I was, I was going ready to go in just mm -hmm. anywhere, you know, because for big leaguers, you know, like, like Hunjin Ryu and, and Jose Barrios and Robbie Ray, those guys don't need to come into camp making a team. You know, they're, they're coming yeah. to camp using spring training to get ready for the season, how it should be. But when you have a young guy trying to come in and, and make a team and make a statement and, and something like that, I'm coming in. I, I was I was throwing live BPs, you know, throwing 96 miles an hour in January. Like, rage. Season starts in April, you know. So I'm throwing, you know, giving it all in January, throwing a ton of innings in Miami. Get to spring training, you know, ready to go. Throw some pretty good innings there, and then all of April that the big league season started, I'm stuck mm -hmm. in being at the alternate site, you know, going six innings every every week, you know, every five days. So I had you know, when you put spring training and then the other 30 innings I threw at the alternate site, mm -hmm. plus the 20 innings in AAA, and then you add that onto the 116 in the major league season, we're looking at 160 to 180 innings over the course of the year. And the most I've ever thrown was 108 in one, wow. one at West Virginia, plus 17 in Vancouver with a three-week break in the middle, mm. you know, because of the draft. So the most I'd thrown was you know, 124, 125 innings, you know, spread out. And yeah. now I got to go throw 150, 160 innings every five days over a span of five, five, six months. Full intensity too. Full, full intensity. intensity. Full intensity. Full intensity. Every pitch matters, you know, trying to, trying to earn my stay. Um, so the biggest thing for me um, was being able to finish like that because I was in uncharted territory. Um, so for me, being able to find ways to get better and find ways that in my head, I was, I was better in September in, in, in innings 130 to 160 or 140, mm. 170, whatever, than I feel like I, I was earlier on. And for me, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, that I took away from the whole season is being able to have that, you know, that like what we talked about, that manila driven mentality and that you know what? I, I trained in a, in a warehouse in 100 mm -hmm. degree weather with no AC. I was like, you know what? Who cares if my arm feels a little heavy today? We got to go out there and we got to win a ball game. Mm -hmm. That attitude of I got to go get go get it done, whatever it takes. If I got to leave my arm on the line or my leg or whatever it takes, you know, like Mike Tyson was willing to bite an ear to win that <laughs> to win that belt. Like whatever it takes out on that mound, I'm willing to die out here. <laughs> You know, and, and I feel like just that intensity and that focus and, you know, and that and that that passion down the stretch to be able to have that, um, that that's where I was able to that was my biggest takeaway. And that's where I learned a lot about myself was down that stretch and that uncharted territory. Good for you. Your mindset 
like that is it it's so easy to tell just watching you play your competitiveness i mean um i i grew up with randall gritchick and i had texted him about you midway through the season and he said he is such a bulldog like everybody speaks to your competitiveness and it is it's so much fun to watch can I ask you about that real quick? So just my last question for you is going to be, explain to me how different it was playing in a AAA stadium in the big leagues. Oh, yeah, just how difficult the season was. I mean, y'all didn't have a home until the last couple of months. Yeah, I really I really realized how crazy it was when the Yankees played us in Buffalo. Yeah. And, you know, like the first few games there in Buffalo, they, I mean, they were fine. You know, it's a minor league ballpark, and I will say the ball flies there. Mm -hmm. Uh, watching Vlad and BP there was like, I mean, let me, I mean, I was, I was worried for my window in the hotel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Five miles away. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was hitting like uh, across the courthouse, like, like uh, into the hotel, you know, then the Yankees came to town and I remember going out for batting practice. There's just a ton of Navy blue. And I'm like, we're not even wearing the baby blues today. You know, like, why, why is there so much Navy blue? And then coming out like 645 before the game, and it's just, it sounds like Yankee Stadium. Like legit sounds like Dang. Yankee Stadium. And I'm just like, what the hell? And, you know, George, George Springer comes up to bat, and you're, you're hearing booze, and nobody's chanting for, for Bo or Vlad. And I'm like, we're not at that home. Sucks. This, isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't a home ballpark whatsoever, you know? Like, yeah. guy hits a single for the Yankees, and it's like they won the World Series. It's like, how the – this isn't home for that advantage, you know, mm. the Red Sox come to town. It's very similar. Fast forward and we get to Toronto and there's 15,000 fans, like they're 15,000 capacity, you know, the, the first home weekend. And it sounds like a hundred, like, like 50,000, yeah. you know, and, and they're like, I think we won nine straight games at home. And it was just like, wow, this feels like, this is crazy. You know, like mm. this this is what home field advantage feels like. And for me, obviously, my first time having home field advantage in the, in the big leagues ever. You know, so like Buffalo, I, like, I was like, oh, this is bad. But like in my head, I'm like, I don't know what it's like. Yeah. Home field advantage, so I'm like, it's really not. But then when you go home and you see it, you're like, wow, this is, this is insane. And just how passionate the fans are in Toronto for baseball, man. Like, it's like they were dying to go to the game. It's like 15,000 people, what, like that stadium, it, they, it needed more. You know, like. They needed three more, stadiums. Yeah, it's, it's insane, you know. Like there was people from the the, the condominium buildings, uh, you know, that overlooked the stadium, like with flags hanging from their windows. Oh. Like, it was it was insane, you know. So uh, to feel that electricity going from Buffalo, where it felt like we were in Yankee Stadium, to then going to Toronto and feeling that home field advantage, I mean, it's it, it makes a difference. It definitely makes. Mm. A difference. Awesome, awesome, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Does, does any, Maddie, Peter, do y'all have anything else? That's my last question. You have Alex. been, excuse my French, you've been fucking unreal, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it seriously has been so great getting to talk to you. And, and man, I mean, like I've mentioned a few times, we were huge fans of you Still last are. year, but just to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level, like, mm. holy smokes. I mean, we're, we're always going to be in your corner and we will always be rooting for you. And we will always be trying to make sure the entire world knows about Alec Manoa. Um, and we can't wait to see what you're able to do. Um, man, these next couple of years, once, once we're back playing the game, we love, we cannot wait to see you back out there on the mound. Can't wait. Sure. 
Can't wait. Oh my gosh. Last. Does Pete have his Aussie lingo? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I was about to end oh, it with that Aussie lingo. Goodness gracious. <gasps> the Australian word. Redo. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I might've done this before. Have I done Bottolo before? No. Butler? Okay. Bottolo. Oh, bottle O. Coke. Hold on. We're going to guess what bottle is. In a yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he, he doesn't give it in a sentence and he doesn't know what nouns or verbs are. So we get no context clues. I don't know. I feel like it's some sort of animal. Ooh. Like, I don't know why yeah. we were, we were talking about, you know, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo bisons. <laughs> yeah. Bottle I'm like, all right, it's a bison. All right. Bison. <laughs> okay. Maddie, Maddie, what, Maddie, what do you got? Um, I'm going water fountain. You one, are actually. actually the closest, but what it is, is it is it's a drive-through bottle shop. So when you can go pick up a case of beer, you can pick up a bottle of wine, pick up some alcohol. Drive-through bottle shop is called a bottle of. There you can go. you go inside? No, it's drive-through. No, only. just drive-through. Bottle Do you on. order like you're at a fast food restaurant on the little, hello, welcome to McDonald's? No, they come out and they serve you. You drive through two lanes only. There is a parking lane and a drive through. Kind of like a farm stores. Have you ever been to a farm stores? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh man, you guys aren't from Florida. That's right. What's, what, what is it? What is it? There's a place called Farm Stores in, in Miami, and it's literally it's like a little place, and then there's like two workers inside, and it's literally like a grocery store. But you like you pull up like a drive through and then you're like, hey, you know, like, can I get a you know a thing of eggnog, milk, you know, whatever. Eggnog was the first thing you went with. There. Hold on, eggnog and milk <laughs> was, at the same time. Eggnog was the what first you thing you went with. For, dude? They have the best. Like now I, I don't eat dairy or, or drink dairy or milk or anything, but Christmas time comes and there's one eggnog to drink. One eggnog in the whole world. Farm stores eggnog. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody, nobody. I didn't even know people under 50 drank eggnog. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, you don't get this big by accident, okay? And, and gro- growing up, I wasn't called fat for no reason. Eggnog, <laughs> eggnog was great growing up. Fair growing enough. Up. They would start packing the shows in November. I was already having a glass. I love it. I love it. I've never had eggnog in my life. You and I need to share an eggnog. Mm. Egg, eggnog with alcohol you know that's that's what a lot of hispanics do you know so you got to get the baileys best what you putting in there uh-huh. vodka right putting baileys in there what are you putting in there rum rum yeah <laughs> we're way off baileys vodka <laughs> baileys. rum yeah, that's, yeah. i just like baileys because it tastes yeah. like rum, chocolate rum, milkshake they call it a uh, coquito coquito the only the only word i can say with a good accent is que lo que <laughs> que lo que? Tranquila. Que lo que? Que lo que? Well, that's close. Coquito. Que lo coquito? Okay, no, that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember Bottolo and farm stores now. Yeah. I'll never yeah. forget farm stores. Yeah. I, I will probably. For eggnog only. For eggnog, eggnog. only. <laughs> Be thinking it's like about a special eggnog. trip, road trip for just eggnog down in Miami. Yep. Okay. Farm stores. You won't second guess it the next time. I guarantee you. I don't know. Seriously, you have you. It's been so cool just mm-hmm. getting to talk to you, hang out with you, and get to know you. We are officially your biggest fans. Thank, Thank you. you so much for giving us an hour and twenty-one minutes of uh, your what? time. Yeah, no, I didn't even notice. So don't worry. 
an hour and a half of your time she just gave us. Thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to follow along this season. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. We'll see you next Wednesday, baby. Farm Mm -hmm. on, farm often. (laughs) Awesome.